This Watch Out for Fireballs extra sode is brought to you by the insane heat wave that's happening uh, in Portland. That's uh, Please excuse this fan sound. Actually, it's brought to you by our patrons, of course, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. We love them. Head on over and uh, get in on the love. And Outlaw the Sun 2016. No more hot days. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yes, and this week we are reading your responses to Fantasy Star 4 in its entirety. Uh, we've been recording for four and a half hours as of the time we're talking about this. So let us continue. <laughs> yeah, and you guys came out in force, which is awesome. Yeah. Just because we're tired doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, but we are going to uh, get right to business. Uh, I'm going to start us out here with Alex. Alex says, via contact, uh, I was jubilant to hear this year uh, this game would be covered. Genesis was not known for its JRPGs, but between this, Beyond Oasis, and Shining Force 2, they covered all the bases with some of the best in the genre. I can see the heavy anime trappings turning some people off and the lack of spell descriptions, but for a lot of people, this introduced them to Japanese style and tropes. The way the static uh, screens get across character traits and emotions is fantastic, compared to the cutesy, undulating sprites of Square's SNES output. It's a shame that PS4 will never be as loved as its SNES counterparts, but, well, I guess I'd love it that much. I might <laughs> be the only one. Yeah. No, you're not. Like, it's it's super great. I'm I'm very happy to have gone back and filled in this blind spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, and I've never played Beyond Oasis. Mm-hmm. I don't know Beyond Oasis. Um, I thought it was an action RPG. Hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's when you say it's uh, introduced people to Japanese-style uh, kind of style and tropes, the uh, visually, yes... Um, the story does not feel super anime to me, right? Uh, which is something that like people might have expected uh, <laughs> us to complain about or the, me the, to complain the, about. The, the but, caricature of us, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not uh, it's not egregious at all mm-hmm. in that respect. Like it doesn't feel any more, you know, the tropes that I'm not super. The reasons I'm not super anime are not super evident here. Right, right. Even though there is a cat girl, um, yeah, I, I think that the uh, the like the manga presentation was uh, was an unequivocal win. Yeah, I think so too. There's Cat Girl, but there's also Talking Cats, which is one of my favorite anime tropes. <laughs> yep. From Luna to the Cave of Croc- Talking Cats. That's yep. uh, our four. I like them all. <laughs> From Luna to Meowth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Andrew writes on Via Contact I've always had a fascination with the Fantasy Star series, going back to a time when I visited a friend whose brother was an early Genesis adopter. I watched him grind for an hour in the last dungeon because he couldn't beat Dark Force. I got PS2 when I got my Genesis, but my uncle borrowed it and never gave it back. Mm. Um, I loved PS3 and put way too many hours into it, but I realize now that it's not a great game. I missed 4 when it came out and only played it for the first time a couple of years ago. It's good, but I don't see anything here that wasn't done much better in other RPGs. Um, And these days, I don't have the time to grind as much as the game requires. But kudos to the developers for at least trying to make it a continuous story. Yeah, the um, I mean, we talked about some of the things that I think it does that are unique. But one of the things uh, that we mentioned is that, like, this is not this came out in like 1993, which is relatively young for these yeah, things. Like, it's, it's it's like around the time like Final Fantasy V came out in Japan. Yes, like this yeah. is like it, it it feels it looks and feels like something that would come between four and six. Um, yes. If we're you know comparing it, like, and I would even say like uh, like do the Dragon Quest comparison on that as well. Yeah. I mean, it is something that you know would, would come out then, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't need to be compared to, or does it make sense to compare it to like Earthbound or Chrono Trigger as far as like advancedness? Right. You know, it came earlier than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a couple of years older, so it, it kind of shows. Yeah. 
Um, so when, when you talk about things that it does that are actually kind of unique, there are tons of them, but you also, if you're looking at it in history, yeah, you know, there's, there's more of that yeah. for sure. And the continuous story thing is a big deal, I think. Yeah. Um, especially in, uh, kind of, uh, especially in console RPGs. Um, which when, yeah, when, does like, not when, happen. Yeah. Well, like, they're just like, oh, we're just going to reset this because like we raised the stakes so much at the end of the previous one, we can't top it. Um, right. here, the fact that like there is that reset, but like it still builds on it is, uh, it feels, it makes it feel really ambitious. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, Jason says by contact. Fantasy Star 4 is my kind of game. It's practically a checklist of things I have a borderline fetishistic appreciation of. Chunky FM synth music, occasionally bordering on, bordering on atonal noise. Super fast party movement speed, a late 80s slash early 90s sci-fi manga art style, manga art style, uh, getting a tank to drive around and blow up random encounters in one <laughs> shot with those fucking cutscenes, etc. Um, or and those fucking cutscenes, etc. Uh, if there's one thing I wish they'd uh, kept more of from earlier games in the series, particularly from Fantasy Star 2, it's the darkness and sense of existential dread. It bums me out a little bit that Fantasy Star 4 is basically a game about finally ridding the solar system of a boring, sub-Lovecraftian generic evil, which doesn't quite stack up to Fantasy Star 2's persistent struggle against greed, ennui, societal collapse, and a final it-was-us-all-along style ending that felt like something out of a Twilight Zone episode. It feels a little petty complaining about a game only being one of the most relentlessly entertaining, player-friendly RPGs of its era because it didn't grapple with high-minded philosophical ideas, but here I am writing this anyway. Seriously, though, why didn't anyone else copy macros? Yeah, they did, but not so much later. Not uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so Fantasy Star 2 is way darker. Like, you're you're totally right about that. The um, I think that the the profound darkness thing reveal is kind of trying to be, and the, the, the Parma is a shield, mm-hmm. is kind of carries the same weight as that kind of big twist mm-hmm. you know kind of uh ending treatment into um so i'm not quite as down on it as you are but tone wise it's way happier yeah like even though the you know the plotting i think is is can kind of meet it dark for dark like it is way way goofier and that's maybe what you know what yeah. you're picking up on yeah um and, and this very much like so the <laughs> andrew just kind of or sorry was that that was jason jason kind of built it up you know, with like with those words, like he's describing, he's basically speaking my love language with the mm-hmm. ennui and existential dread and stuff like that. Like, you know, this does feel, you know, Ford does feel like it's very uh, hero's journey kind of style thing. There, there are some things, but it's more about like the relationships between the individual characters and not like these weird entropic forces. Mm-hmm. You know, that like where that kind of shows up. Yeah. Um, my rights and via contact saying I have dichotomous feelings about fa- uh, fantasy star four. See, I almost did it. Final fantasy four. Mm. Blah. Um, I got this, uh, I got the game on the mega drive among the last games that I got before moving on to moving into the States on the ninth grade. Uh, for the first time since one and rare in any games, the main character was a female playing the game. Now, um, uh, her coming death is really obvious. Uh, but at the time it was my heiress death moment uh, and it was much more impactful than FF7 years later. Uh, it became even more of an impact when I later fought the illusion of her that mocked me for caring. This resonates deeply with my older brother mocking me about my being upset. Uh, he wasn't bothered by her death and was the only person I could talk to about it offline uh, since the games didn't come out for about another year or so in America. Fast forward to replaying the game for the show, and I'm about an hour or so from the illusion fight. So far, this game hasn't touched me deeply on its emotional themes um, as it did uh, when I was a teenager. 
yes, it is a sequel to PS1 and 2, uh, but it feels like a very heavy-handed sequel. I am constantly uh, bombarded by name drops and remixed versions of earlier events. Uh, the game just keeps trying to hit me with the, uh, hey, wasn't it cool when this happens? And you remember so-and-so, right? Sorry to make the reference, but it feels very much like the complaints people have about Dark Souls 3. Take a drink. Oh, wait, there we go. I pounded on my mouse instead of my, uh, instead of my bell. <laughs> um, uh, Dark Souls 3's uh, references. Um, it is uh, hitting my nostalgia, but I'm not sure I like it. And good grief, stop with the mazes already. I agree. Stop with the mazes. You definitely or- stop with the mazes. Um, this feels way like I, we talked about it in the episode one, but like it does feel really different than Dark Souls three to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the part of it is that indifference. Like I, I characterize Dark Souls as being indifferent to me as the player and not slobbing my knob. Mm-hmm. You know, JRPGs do a lot of knob slobbing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it's it's knob slob the genre. Like they make you you, you know the actions you're doing during most of the game don't change from like pressing one button. So the player doesn't do anything different to fight the behemoths you know, in disc three than they did to fight goblins in disc one. Mm-hmm. It just, they pump up the scale to make you feel cooler. Yeah. Like it is JRPG spend a lot of time trying to make you feel cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Souls doesn't. So that's why I think, I don't think you're wrong in that there are as many, you know, that the callbacks aren't there, but that's the reason why if anyone out there, this imagine straw man I'm making up, who's like <laughs> mad at me for liking these callbacks and not liking the Dark Souls three ones. Also Dark Souls is, you know, one of the most important games to my personal mythology and I play it all the time. Mm-hmm. Race Fantasy Star is like a fun nostalgic thing. Yeah. That I played when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. They're different for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And it feels different. I don't know if I can quantify it. It just, uh, I, I think I made the point earlier. It's like, oh, it just doesn't take up that much uh, real estate. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dark Souls 3 spends a lot more time doing that. Yeah. I think. Uh, thank you, Mai. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Matt says by contact. When I was younger, my family was hashtag blessed enough to have a subscription to the Sega channel. The game was a regular feature on the proto-streaming service, but as games rotated in and out every month, it was hard to get very far. The channel also couldn't support more than one save file for its entire catalog at a given time. If you tried uh, for two or more, you risked losing them all. Months with this and Shining Force 2 were a regular Sophie's choice uh, for me as a privileged little eight-year-old. Anyway, I remember booting this game up for the first time and being absolutely swept away. I hadn't played any of the previous games, but the fantasy sci-fi mashup and the anime-style cutscenes just about blew my mind. I don't think I ever got further than the party's return to Aido, but I remember thinking Rune was the shit because he had long anime hair and a cape. <laughs> In the years since I first played Fantasy Star 4, it's become uh, I've become a huge fan of that era of JRPG, but I've never taken the time to go back and give it a try as an adult with a more nuanced understanding of how these games and systems work. Hearing Watch Out for Fireballs was covering it was the motivation I needed to dust off my copy of the Ultimate Genesis Collection and dive back in. Thanks a ton, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the game. Yeah, that sounds like we're mostly in agreement. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, thank you. Garrett writes, um, Fantasy Star is, a, is my favorite uh, RPG series. Final, uh, God damn it. Uh, Fantasy Star 2 was the first RPG that I ever played. The story go, uh, goes that my parents picked up video games when I was young because I killed their social lives. Uh, Fantasy Star 2 <laughs> was one of the games I remember them playing a lot, uh, and they never really got the hang of it. Which, to be honest, uh, it's a super grindy and, and, and unforgiving game. It, uh, it also doesn't help that uh, using a game genie on it broke, uh, broke saving the game. Wow. Um, as I got older, I took affection to the game. A lot of it had to do with the hint book that came with the game and combing over it multiple times. Even being that kid who brought the, 
who brought it to school to read it. Um, I can also point to it uh, being the reason that I do not own a physical copy of Earthbound uh, because I was told something of the line uh, that I didn't like RPGs. So totally blaming my parents, um, my, my parents' Fantasy Star 2 experience on that. Also, Fantasy Star 2 has the best Genesis soundtrack, period. Mm -hmm. um, in hopes of keeping this from going on forever, here's a list of things, uh, points I want to make about PS4. I love the comic slash manga style cutscenes um, that are done throughout the game. It reminds me of the sprite art style done in a lot of PC-88 games. Uh, the series has a habit of tangentially doing innovations that happen in other RPGs later on. In this game, it's macros that are almost like gambits and combination attacks, which Chrono Trigger does months later uh, when it came out. When it came out, did months months later when it came out. Callbacks. I love the callbacks uh, that this game does to previous games. I love that the events of PS2 have such a lasting effect. They even fit three in there. Um, to kind of wrap this up, I think PS4 is the best RPG on the ge Genesis, and uh, if not up there with other top tier games like Chrono Trigger, uh, it is easily right under them. I know for me, uh, I hold it up in the same vein, but I also understand uh, that my nostalgia for the series might be getting in the way. Uh, the fact that there are not many sci-fi JRPGs gives it a place that not a lot of other games can enter. Um, I, I can't really come up with many others except Star Ocean and anything with Xeno in the title, uh, but all those came after Fantasy Star, and uh, that doesn't make that list uh, any, uh, sorry, much bigger. Um, if someone were to ask me to recommend them a classic fantasy star game, this would be the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that line. I killed my parents' social life. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a, yeah. I like the idea of a, just like, I, you know, it's like how, if I ever got into prison, I would try to find a D and D group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, that seems, seems like a good way to, to spend some time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I mostly agree. I don't think I have anything uh, to say. Um, I also really love the one thing about not doing Fantasy Star 2 for the show ever is that I love that soundtrack so much. Mm -hmm. um, this soundtrack is really good. I like the Fantasy Star 2 soundtrack better. Yeah. And there is, a, you know, it's under heralded. It's not even it's really it's not even easy to find them on YouTube, mm. or at least the last time I looked like there were not uh, easy OSTs there. So, yeah. Yeah, it's um, and in case anybody's worried, like, oh, my, I don't know if my nostalgia is like blinding me. I have no nostalgia for this series beyond like PSO, and like mm -hmm. I, I, I really dug this entry in it. So, mm -hmm. high five PS2 soundtrack, buddy. Yeah. Um, Ellen says by conduct. Hey guys, I probably shouldn't be writing into this episode because I've only spent about a half hour with Fantasy Star Four, but I think in terms of which Fantasy Star game to play, you have chosen wisely. He included stage uh, directions. He, yeah. <laughs> not, I didn't have a stroke. Um, I'm curious as to whether or not you guys have played any of the other three titles in the original series. If you haven't, well, again, I think you guys made the right decision going with four. The opening half hour alone felt a ton more friendly than the earlier games. Because of my weird compulsion to finish every game in a series in chronological order, I probably won't get around to playing this game for a while. Still, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the game since Shane Bettenhausen already spoiled the plot for the entire series uh, for me on a Retronauts episode years ago. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to start another mission with the original Wing Commander. Okie doke. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a reference to him doing the, everything in the uh, in the proper order. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend um, people do that. I think that 4 is a good place to enter um, with no uh, prior knowledge of the series. Yeah, I agree. Um, one is really impressive. Like, one looks better than its contemporaries from square yep and stuff but uh and i actually find those maze like dungeons like i like navigating them in first person if they're not that mazy mm -hmm. like I, I, let me take that back if the simpler they if they're kind of simple i like navigating them in first person yeah but 
uh, in, in Fantasy Star 1, you can talk to enemies. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. You can like bargain with them. It's pretty cool. Oh, like nice. it's a good game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seems like more of a curiosity to me at this exactly, point. Like yeah. a lot of it's stuff from that era. Historically important without necessarily being that playable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, David writes via contact. I've always chosen one specific console in a given generation and then consumed the others while waiting for prices to go down on the new generation. This being the case, I purchased a Sega Genesis around the time uh, that the PlayStation 4 and N64 came out um, and tried to play all the games that I missed on this console. Because of this, I beat this game, Fantasy Star 4, um, only a few months before I decided to choose the PlayStation as my new console of choice, specifically for for the release of Final Fantasy VII. As long as you're reading this after you have played both games, you might notice that there are several similarities between the two. From traditional JRPG mechanics and weapons somehow blended into a sci-fi setting um, to the death of a central female character, I went from playing the hot new thing to, wait, didn't I just play this? It was like watching 1982's The Thing and then watching 1997's Mimic and realizing that though (laughs) though the new one looked a little prettier, um, you still enjoyed uh, the story of the older one. Um, I have started playing Final, or sorry, uh, Fantasy Star 4 again um, since you announced it, but uh, do not expect to finish it by the time you record your show. Um, I only have an hour or two per night to play games and just now finish Portal 2 and listen to that episode. Um, it does not hold up as well as I remember, um, but it still has the one thing I remember it for that I think all uh, that all RPGs should have implemented, which is the talk feature. Uh, if you have not played the game for a few days or you are simply uh, at a loss for where to go next, simply bring up your menu and select talk and your characters will discuss uh, where you should be headed and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked a lot of sugar about the uh, about the talk feature, and uh, like just that that is that is always going to be appreciated. Um, it's it. Or, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like any nod to that kind of like player friendliness like is uh, it is is a sip of water in a desert um, around this era, like especially the early early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, I was I was going to say that this is it's kind of similar to when people I'm not putting on par, but when people talk about Earthbound, mm-hmm. they're always just like, why did not why didn't everyone do the enemies run away thing? Mm-hmm. Why didn't everyone do the rolling odometer for help? Because somebody had to do it first. Well, well, exactly. Why didn't people do it afterwards? <laughs> right. Why hadn't anyone done it? Yeah. Um, that's the same thing with this, where they're like a lot of people are just like, why didn't? Why doesn't everything <laughs> have the talk feature? Why doesn't everything have macros? Like, <laughs> because good ideas if, seem obvious afterwards. Yeah. 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 Well, no. Again, I'm not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. They're no, not I saying just... whether they did. Why they didn't do it beforehand? Gary, I don't understand. Why didn't they keep it? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, like why? Why didn't people like immediately immediately latch onto it? Yes. Yeah. The um, you know, so that, that's a mark of something kind of special. Like there are a lot of different features, mm-hmm. you know, where that's the case. For sure. Um, Robin says by contact. Uh, what is there to say about Fantasy Star Four? Mechanically, it's on par with its contemporaries, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI, but because it lacks the, uh, the emotional moments of those two games, or perhaps because there have been infinitely less nostalgic callbacks to Fantasy Star Four in my feed over the last decade, it occupies a smaller place in my heart. And yet, I've completed it far more times than the other two. Some of its stronger hooks are, of course, the unified world elements. Uh, being a Genesis and Sega CD and 32X trash person, um, <laughs> I literally grew up with Fantasy Star. The second and third games hit me in my early teen years, so even the ill-regarded Fantasy Star 3 evokes a lot of memories for me. That the fourth game uh, takes place in many of the same places as the second and references elements from all three was pretty mind-blowing to me at the time. Looking back now, I see it working uh, in the same vein as Dark Souls 2. Thousands of years have passed, but there are still some traces of the past threaded into the present. The way the legend of Alice still functions in the mythology of this world. The late game appearance by Lashik as the game's old dragon slayer, 
a Ren robot, and a Rappy to tie things into Fantasy Star 3. The town of Tyler and the daughter machine uh, to invoke Fantasy Star 2's mother brain. The question wasn't, is Drang Lake Lordran a thousand years in the future, but what happened to Moda and Dezo a thousand years after the collapse of the star system and the downer ending of Fantasy Star 2? I'm torn on this being the final entry in the series. I have distinct memories of how excited I was for the Fantasy Star Online release for the Dreamcast, and of course my disappointment at not being a direct sequel. But in the intervening years, and having replayed the game at least uh, in the last five years or so on the Genesis compilations for PSP, I think I'm happy things have ended the way they did. It's very gutsy, and uh, very Sega of a certain era, to have not run the, ser- uh, run the series as was Into the Ground. Still, I'm glad this was game uh, was so widely. I'm glad this game was so widely available on so many platforms, and I'm glad it's being covered for WAF. Maybe if there's a wider appreciation of the game, it could have a sort of long after the fact cult of influence in the way that Earthbound does. But I'm equally happy to have it exist as a secret gem for a small audience. Yeah, a lot of people like not liking a thing or like few you few few people being aware of it doesn't devalue it. Like yeah. it can still be really amazing. And like, again, they're like, there's all kinds of people for whom this can be like a really good expression of a thing that they already like, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, uh, cheers for bringing up that, uh, dark souls two thing. Cause that is more what the callbacks feel like to me. Yeah. Like they feel like questions, you know, there's, there is a sense of more time passing mm-hmm. than DS three. So that is uh helping to articulate part of why that, that difference for me, <laughs> why we're hypocrites sure. and why yes, we're exactly. beta cucks for dark souls too. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm so happy that there are people with as much history with uh, with the series kind of coming mm-hmm. out in force. Yeah, um, we're going to wrap things up with Sean here, who says via contact. When I was a kid, I read I read one of those secrets to Nintendo games books that I got from the library. Um, uh, it referred to the original Legend of Zelda as a role playing game and defined it as a game where you make some of the decisions that uh, the game would normally make for you. My eyes widened when I read that. Um, and I was ready to check out one of these games, these fabled RPGs. Uh, Sean, I think that I read the same book uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I remember having that exact same moment um, uh, reading that. Uh, Sean continues, years and years later, I was at the video store on a Friday night and found Fantasy Star 4. I'd never heard of the series, uh, and that quote about role, role-playing games uh, stuck in my head. When I flipped the package over, I saw those words, and I knew I had to try it. It was the first of many JRPGs that I played. Looking back on the game, though, it's just kind of an okay JRPG, even though I'll play it uh, through every once in a while when I'm bored. The dungeon design is the real sticking point for me. Uh, There's just too many dead ends, and the encounter rate and difficulty are too high for exploration to really pay off. Uh, The game also has a bad habit of giving you homeward bone-type stuff in chess at the end of long digressions. Not worth it. Um... Uh, I also think that the game is too hard, and uh, uh, but that could be how I played it when I was a kid. Uh, I was so desperate for the story to, go, story to go on that I'd run from every random battle and level just enough to beat the next boss. If I just played it, uh, if I just played it how it was meant to be played, I'd probably be okay. It's strange now to think of how barren the landscape of the Genesis was when it came to JRPGs. Other than this series, I can't name another one for the system. Only hybrids like Crusader of Senti, A Hidden Gem, and Beyond Oasis. I think that like so you know just to, to to kind of play an old saw that we usually do like the like the Genesis was playing a different game than like JRPG yeah. kind of stuff like you had you know Square kind of camped out as like the Disney of uh, of role playing games like making SNES like a, a really really Eastern influenced thing whereas like Genesis was here's a place for like weird PC 
experience. It's yeah. not to steal your thunder, you know, but like you have stuff like Nobunaga's ambition here, you know, which has role playing elements, but is like something kind of like different and weird, weird entirely. Like, you know, the Genesis was where like might and magic games ended up. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and that's even going to be a thing when we do Tojam and Earl. Yep. You know, like a, that's a, that's a weird, weird game that is not a normal type of a uh, kind of paradigm for, for a console game of that, that vintage. Yeah. Um, yeah, the running away thing is such a uh, a problem that even modern games haven't fixed. Like mm-hmm. when I played, um, I didn't, I got like 10 hours into it before I got angry at it. But when I was playing Bravely Default, um, they allow you to turn off random encounters, but it doesn't adjust for experience. Like you're still going to run into bosses that are difficult. Right. You know, so like if you're doing that, you're just fucking yourself. Yeah. Same thing in <laughs> Final Fantasy like, 8. You don't have you to like, eat your vegetables, but it still lets you get scurvy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like don't eat your vegetables. You're still going to die of malnutrition. Like. The uh, same thing with Final Fantasy VIII when you get a Diablo mm-hmm. and you can do the no encounters uh, ability. Like, you can't do that. You know, like, it, it, the game is not balanced for it. So, like, most of those ease of use things to kind of get rid of that don't actually work. So, I, I have also had that I run away to get more story stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is uh, how I got to the end of Paladin's Quest. <laughs> and, uh, you know, could not, I don't think I could beat the end boss of that game. Uh, probably because I ran away because I just wanted to know more about the Paladin and his quest. Yep. <laughs> um yeah. yeah um yeah so thanks everybody uh thanks mm-hmm. for coming out in force um if you have anything to say about team fortress 2 or uh boy Toy Toy Jam Jam Earl. or super mario galaxy mm-hmm. uh, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact mm-hmm. and uh, you know the usual ways to uh support us uh the patreon uh ratings or reviews on itunes and our facebook is a cool place to be as well indeed um yeah so i mean we've been recording for about five hours yep uh it's a very long time so i'm gonna go get a euro <laughs> uh, um, tower of I, euro meat i'm gonna go to a party mm-hmm. euro party yeah euro party dot com. You know. <laughs> <laughs> dot Euro place. party.com is probably a thing <laughs> euro party is maybe not mm. um every time i type now i've been um autocorrect has been like fucking with me oh, yeah? autocorrect and predictive text so i kept talking about part-time employees and it kept autocorrecting as party time employees which I really like <laughs> party time. Get some party time hours. Um, <laughs> anywho. Uh, thanks everybody. Uh, no deleted scenes. Yep. We got right to business. Um, Cause there was a lot night, of business and, to get to. Indeed. Good night. <laughs> good luck. Umbasa. <laughs>